And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. <clears throat> and guys, uh, a little behind the scenes here. We're recording a little early. So all the topical jokes we're about to make, uh, just think about it as if it was a week ago. Okay, I was like, I was like, are you telling the lizards like it's early, like in the morning? Like, oh, we still have yeah, our I just, I just woke up. And, oh. Yeah, I did just wake up. Is it four? Yeah, yeah, can you hear did. me over all the roosters? <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough fooling around. Let's talk about something. <laughs> let's get to the real nitty gritty. Let's talk about some movies we've seen. Let's get serious. Robert, lead us off. I believe since the last time we spoke. Um, Previously I on the Gentleman Awards. That's right. Uh, I went and saw The North Man, the new Robert Eggers film. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, I won't say too, too much about it just because, um, oh, I'm, I'm glad Max has seen it. But I, I do think it's worth checking out. Um, I think it's less... Um, horror centric or horror folk it's it's less of a horror movie than his other two previous films what is he what has he done previously the lighthouse with robert pattinson and willem dafoe uh-huh. and then prior to that the witch with anya taylor joy yeah i have heard and like, others and others i i don't think i heard that the lighthouse was even much of a horror movie itself but i have it's, heard the witch it's it's like a nightmare it's like a and not in like a it's just like it's weird. It's There's not trippy. monsters hanging around every corner. It's more like a no, not exactly, but like you don't know. It's like psychological. It's like you're not sure if like they're. It's two guys isolated the whole film, so they're kind of going crazy already. And um, and I I wasn't sure what to expect, but I guess I I guess it would be wouldn't be fair to consider it a horror movie but no, i would I say did, there's like i did hear disturbing i did hear from that movie that willem dafoe said if that movie didn't do well he was going to go do porn oh yes <laughs> that is true uh, and he was trying to tank it i mean he was <laughs> yeah, on all the press junkets he was really misrepresenting it um no both great and the northman is uh no exception it might be yeah it might be my favorite of his now um a great cast anya taylor joy is also in it uh, you got a couple scars guards in there. Willem Dafoe is also back. At least one um, scars guard. At least one scars guard, if not two. Uh, Ethan Hawke, our old Moon Knight buddy, is uh, <laughs> good in it. Um, yeah, really great. I will say, like, kind of generally, I thought it would be more of a of a journey movie as far as like I thought he would be kind of bopping around and place to place, and the movie at some point kind of gets to a location and stays there for the almost the rest of the film well i have to tell you my man it's in the title he's the north man he's not the west man he's not the east you can't argue he doesn't go north in this movie i'm sorry hey for all my compass heads sorry for the spoiler also this is not a million dollar baby this is not made by clint eastman this is the north man nope um it's really good though i would recommend (laughs) folks seeing it i'm the this and uh the movie we're going to talk about later today uh much later today hours from now um <laughs> this is a 24 it, hour stream so yeah. buckle up 
uh, were both movies I was excited to see in the theater. Yeah. And I would say, um, if if you if you can to do so because it's it was really a spectacle on the on the big screen. Cool. Um, the other movie I watched went to uh, Portland this weekend for a show. Met up with an old friend, uh, and we watched Breathing Fire from, from 1991. And this is a movie I'd never heard of. Would you recommend that people watch this at home, or do you think they should go to Portland and visit with your old friend? If you and- can, yes. Yeah, so if you can go to Portland and watch it specifically with my buddy, or if or if this is somehow realized in theaters, definitely see it on the yeah. big screen. Um, it's a good bad movie in the best way. Uh, it, there's some very bizarre editing choices. Uh, a lot of stuff where it feels like people are like dubbed unnecessarily. Um, and I, I kind of told you guys about the plot when we record our uh, recorded our gentleman's mini, but there's a whole thing where the two lead actors, um, one of them is uh, Jonathan K. Kwan, who's in everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, their father robs a bank with a bunch of other thugs and then hides the gold or the, and the stuff in a, a sort of a vault or, a, or almost looks like a big, like a engine or cistern in this factory. And then they make two big keys that unlock it and press them into a pizza, like a plastic, like a fake pizza and then cut it up. And then they each have a piece of the pizza. So it's kind of like, it's the equivalent of like all having a pizza of the map so that you can no one, one person can get to the treasure or whatever. Um, but the fact that they made it a piece of pizza is so funny because it leads to like, you know, arguments between people like, give me the piece of pizza and pointing guns at each other and, and kicking them out and having karate fights. It was uh, really, really funny. Jonathan Kui Kwan um, is great. He's still kind of got that. He's older. He's like a teen or maybe in his early 20s. But he's kind of still got that like data from Goonies energy. He's still got the short round energy. When was this movie um, made? 91. 91. So predated. I mean, you're talking about a pizza map. I'm thinking of pizza rat. And it even predates um, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, Look, I said looking- this. I said this episode was going to be topical, and I meant it. <laughs> hey, you weren't kidding. Uh, I'm looking at his filmography right now. Uh, Jonathan K. Kwan. After Goonies, he did something called It Takes a Thief, then and then Passenger in '86 and '87, respectively. Then he did Breathing Fire. I did not realize he was in Encino Man. That's wild to me. Oh, that's right. He plays the Encino Man. Yeah, he's in Whiteface. Uh, oh, no, he does that, not. <laughs> Wow, that's why he was blacklisted from all of it. Got it. Um, I didn't recognize him. I we were I rewatched that. I feel like earlier this year maybe, and I didn't realize he was in there. And then something called Red Pirate '96. Did did like, he tell Polly Shore to not to wheeze the juice? Uh, yeah, he was like, he, uh, yeah, he was like, this is what I think you should bring to the role. And he's like, you're you're wheezing the juice a lot, but what if you like dialed it back? Um, uh, after Red Pirate, he did something called Second Time Around in 2002, and then nothing until 2021. Uh, when he did Finding Ohana and then uh, today's movie. So I just, I thought it was interesting that there was this film that I I like these kinds of, uh, you know, schlocky uh, Kung Fu films. And uh, it was really a treat to watch. And it was even better that there was this sort of connection to this actor I like, but hasn't been in a ton of stuff. Um, The other movie I saw was, um, and then kind of like watched the rest of when I got home was uh, Anaconda was on TV. And I did want some. <laughs> um, how dare Andrew and of all people scoff at me for that one? <laughs> I'm on a roll today, man. So you're gonna have to bring your game up a little bit more. Um, 
I missed like the starting, but I watched like the majority of it. Uh, and then I like what like rewatched the bits uh, I missed when I got home. It's just like a, I don't know, just a dumb, fun uh, movie of its time. Uh, I also forgot the TV edit has like, I think the actors all came back and said like, you know, re- redubbed lines like where they swore so that they could say like, mm-hmm. like Ice Cube's like, I'm going to throw your shit in, the, in that river. And he's like, I'm going to throw your stuff in that river. And you can tell it's like a different day. It doesn't yeah. quite sound exactly the same. But there's other parts where I swore that it was a whole other actor. Like, you know, there's like the snooty British guy and he's like the on-air talent in Anaconda. Like they're filming the documentary. And he's like, here, the Shirishama, come down the river or whatever. There's a whole scene where he's giving this this monologue or this or, or this whole thing. And I sw- it's like a really bad impression or something. Or they called him on the phone and were like, can you please record this really quick? Like, <laughs> it sounded really weird. Jennifer Lopez sounded weird in the scene. I was like, what happened? I think Dude, what happened this- is they, they only got Ice Cube back and he recorded everyone. <laughs> oh, wow. He did. Yeah. Like Vin Diesel. He was just like, I'll just do it all and do it. I'll do it in every language too. Um, but that was fun to rewatch. Uh, not a not a masterpiece or anything. Is that, uh, but, is that the, uh, also I, the movie you like to, to quote the Herkima Homolka? Herkima Homolka? No, no. That's another creature feature, my man. That is Congo. Ah, no. Is, uh, Herkima is, Homolka, formerly of Romania. Is, uh, is John Voight in Anaconda? Anaconda is the crazy John Voight performance okay. where he's like, we go down the river and he's he's got this like South American tinge I to his I think that's what I'm voice. thinking of, yeah. He's always mugging. He's going like, I mean, the listeners can't see, but he's always doing like this, like, Oh, listeners, if you could looking see. Looking at people, looking at people with his like kind of some his teeth showing and kind of just like eyeing them all weird. Here's what I'd like and the I, listeners to do. I implore listeners, go watch please. Anaconda. Pay attention to John Voight, the way he's looking around. And then then I then want Google you to. Google me. Then Google just, Robert. Just just Robert from the, the Gentleman Overlord. The so Drop King. A million pictures yeah. will come up. Yeah. And then picture me doing that. Robert of Doughboy's fame. Uh, mm. And then. And then picture him doing the John Boyd face. I mean, soon to be my new profile picture. I just need to get a professional photographer. Yeah. And, and also one of those, a, a moving, like you want a gif of your face. Doing <laughs> that. Uh, it is a wild performance though. Uh, and yeah, he's like, he calls all the women like baby bird and stuff. It's weird. Oh, yeah. He's weird and creepy and an asshole in real life. So it kind of works. Yeah. That's a great uh, nag, by the way. I'm going to try and implore that. Baby bird. Baby bird. Um, but that's, that's about what I've seen. Max, what about you? Uh, let's see. Some similarities here. I also saw The Norse Man. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't quite like it as much as Robert did. I thought that it was, uh, it felt very long. It was fairly gory. I kind of painted Vikings to be complete assholes and that there was really no one likable in the <laughs> entire uh, thing. And you feel differently about Vikings that they're actually the good guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a way to rape and pillage, and uh, I <laughs> they, feel like it was it misrepresented right. in this movie. Um, I also have trouble with uh, Nicole Kidman in me too period pieces. Interesting, especially. I thought she was pretty good. Uh, I, like I, and I guess that this will uh, come up again in in my uh, TV shows that I've seen, but. Um, Nicole Kidman's face it, to me seems very uh, modified. And like, I know that uh, like also uh, Skarsgård's body is something that probably wouldn't exist uh, before LA fitness or whatever 
Um, so like you think he went to LA fitness to train <laughs> Oh, max. All I'm saying is like, that, that's, it's a very modern body, a, a body so that, more of like, a North strong, Hollywood man. Yeah. The, the strong, the strongest people back in the day would not look like that. Uh, and so that should take me out just as much as Nicole Kidman's face would take me out. But, uh, it didn't as much. It's kind of like how, like you might look and see like that your great, great grandfather looked exactly like you. And sometimes you just have to like go back far. I'm sure there are people that looked like they'd had plastic surgery from way back then. It's, yeah, it's possible, but it, it, it well, I mean, Willem Dafoe seemed to fit in. I would, I believe someone like him existed. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he probably has survived since then. Yeah, he probably just been he's like Vandal Savage. He's just been around since uh, Viking times. <laughs> but there, there were some cool parts to it. It's neat. Um, it, it felt very much like Green Knight, and I, uh. I was going in with that sort of comparison in mind and I was like, but I was trying to be careful tonight, like, because this is based on like a very old story and Green Knight is based on a super old poem. So I was like, oh, I feel yeah. like this could have some, some similarities and it's or some A24. trippy parts. It's A24. Yeah. It's a prophecy that they have to fulfill. You know, they've kind of been told beforehand what it is and then they have to, you know, fight whether they're going along with the prophecy or not. So there are a lot of things that kind of overlap about it. Well, it is like it's Hamlet is what is it, it sort of essentially is, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think or Lion even, King, if uh, for some of our younger listeners. You. It's kind of funny that the um, the the main character's name is Amleth. And so they just like took the That's H the translation. The yeah. Beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. We'll call you Hamlet. Uh, er, Amleth. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also watched a movie with a star from today's uh, topic. I watched Super Cop with Michelle Yeoh in it, which is the third in the police story series. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, this is the one that got me to watch the other two. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I want to watch Super Cop, but it's the third in the trilogy. So I'll watch the other two first. And uh, I think the other two were a lot better in terms of tone. Uh, They're like, they rode that line a bit better of being funny and uh, like also being great action and they had more memorable pieces like set pieces and stuff like that. And this one kind of went way too over the top where they were like the, the main characters that you're rooting for are also like shooting people with machine guns in this like Rambo style. They're, they're out in the, the forest and blowing things up with rocket launchers and machine guns. And I was Hell like, yeah. what the, what the fuck am I watching? I thought these guys were super cops, but they were like, I don't know. <laughs> like these uh super mercenary warriors yeah and then like i mean that would have been a better title the story was like shutting down these like drug dealers and stuff that are you know dealing drugs in in other countries and stuff like that i don't know it it just felt a lot different and uh not quite as good felt like it was doing doing something that it didn't need to do i'd rather just see uh like cool action in in hong kong uh but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think there were some very cool parts to it. There's like a part where Michelle Yeoh is hanging off of a off of the side of a bus mm-hmm. that, like, uh, I don't know, man. I always feel so bad for these stunt people and for the genuine actors because they do some some wild, ridiculous stunts that seem so dangerous. And then you like see how dangerous they are at the end. They'll show like clips of like Michelle Yeoh, like driving a motorcycle onto a moving truck uh train mm-hmm. and then like 
off of it the other side and like oh hopefully you know she of course she's all right but like you know just seems so. <laughs> i hope she'll yo survive that i have no confirmation <laughs> that she's yeah. okay uh, and we still there's no way to know yeah there's another one where she like hits the front of a car and then bounces like it's a moving car that she's thrown off of another vehicle onto the front of the car and she just like bounces off into the street with other cars coming i think that's the one that like because they do all the outtakes at the end and i think that's the one where like everyone is like holy fucking shit like really freaked out for her yeah they're like Like, running onto the freeway after oh my god like even but when you see it in in the movie you also feel that like when she's hanging off of that but i kept thinking how is anyone staying attached to that thing it just seems so it's like stressful to watch it Mm -hmm. so like there was some neat stuff. They did some cool stuff in it, but I think the the other two were better. And maybe I need to continue on to Super Cop Two because I think Michelle Yeoh is in that. Maybe they did a, maybe it was different there. But anyways, I would watch the the first two again before I would watch this one. Uh, I also saw a rom com that wasn't too bad called "I Want You Back." And it has Charlie Day and Jenny Slate. Oh, I as, I wanted to see this. This is on Prime. Yeah, I think right? I've heard about this. Yeah, it also has uh, Scott Eastwood and uh, Jason from The Good Place, and Becky uh, with the good hair. <laughs> I it's really good. I would say for a rom com. Great. I think I, it, I totally forgot about it. You just rem- reminded me, so I'll probably watch it pretty soon. But I completely forgot about it. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of rom-coms most of the time and this one despite being a little bit formulaic does a good job of like dodging some of the the misfires that come about I think in in a lot of rom-coms mm-hmm. a lot of like weird weird ways that romance is portrayed um and I think like they do a good job of even though everything's still weird the, the characters are a bit more grounded and, and like uh they're like they're trying to do this wild thing or like trying to you know like i don't want to give too too much away um especially since you're watching it but like sometimes you come across the main characters come across as complete assholes that you can't really respect by the end of it like what are you trying to do here like uh i'll compare it to uh like this is not what happens in there Mm -hmm. but i'll compare it to some of the other ones where it's like uh, I dare you to go on a date with this person. You you fool them into like, you know, going on the date and right. then you find out that you're into them or whatever. That kind of thing where where you're like, you're kind of an asshole this whole time. Like, I don't really, I'm not rooting for you, even though like you're the main character of this. Uh, so they're doing something that, that could fall into that, but uh, their motivations are clear and uh, you don't really feel that they're, they're being assholes and they call them out for the stuff that they do that, that, is bad mm-hmm. you know for the most part so like i think it does a good job of of uh being aware of what it is and what it's doing uh and and the jokes are good and and every like a lot of good actors in there and yeah i i would recommend it so check it out i want you back and that's all i've seen in terms of movies cool uh i watched zoolander the other night speaking of john voight uh i was surprised to see him <clears throat> in it forgot he was in that movie and I was not pleasantly surprised to see him. Um, Who does he play in it? He plays his dad. So like when he goes back to that like coal mining town that he grew up in, it's like mm-hmm. it, John Voight's his dad, Judah Friedlander and Vince Vaughn play his brothers. 
So it was, I was just like, oh, I like some of this is like casting that makes sense. You know, like Vince Vaughn's like a pretty at, at this point, like a, a name in comedy. Judah Friedlander I was a little surprised by because he just wasn't like 30 Rock had not existed at this point. So it was kind of like, yeah, he was in the comedy scene, but wasn't like as well known as like Vince Vaughn, for instance. You know what? I forgot uh, the connection to the, the movie that uh, Max and I saw that one of the um, one of the models that's like in the gasoline fight yeah. at the pump is Alexander Skarsgård from. Oh, that's right. Bay. That's funny. Oh, what? Yep. Go back and look at the look up the scene. It's funny to see wow. how far he's come. Yeah, I I because I was looking at the cast list last night and I I saw his name and I was like, oh, he must just be some person I just didn't remember seeing. But yeah, that's right. He's one of them. And the, yeah, they added that uh, callback in the Northmen <laughs> where that <laughs> stuff gets lit on fire. I I think that was a Zoolander callback. Um, there's some weird stuff in Zoolander that's like. I even, I hesitate to call it blackface because it's like he puts like a like soot on his face to like disguise himself I, in a cave. Yeah, that one I just interpreted him be like he's goofing around. Yeah, he's but to be it's like still blending like, into the cave. It's still literally blackface. Like you know, it but, is, like, but it doesn't not, look like he's trying to be a black person. He's not interpreting like he's himself to, to be yeah a black person. Yeah, and then it, there's like briefly there's a scene where, um they're trying to sneak into some place and they both put on makeup, but it's it. They then like switch to two different actors who have their voices. So it's like, wow, that makeup's so good, but it's like just two different people. Okay. And then I think at the end of that, he's wiping like black face paint off himself. <laughs> oh so I, I, God. I do think there is like, there's a little bit of like, they really wanted to do it. And yeah. Like they were, they avoid, they tiptoed it. around it at first. And there's like, just put him in fucking blackface. Like, who that is cares? weird because like, there is that line like he's like I got the black lung pop but like originally he was like I want to say I have a black person's lungs and they wouldn't wow. they wouldn't let him say Ben that. crazy Red Hour Ben you're not supposed to do that I did find out um because I I had heard that he and uh, Christine Taylor had uh, broken up you know like I think they uh, his his wife the, his, yeah yeah that they'd broken up they actually reconciled during COVID. Wow. Because they had to, uh, they had to get. They both each- wanted to be in their uh, each other's bubbles. Well, they had to because they have kids together. So, like, they kind of reconcile. Hey, you don't have to, my man. All right, all right. <laughs> the pandemic's over, so we can quit pretending. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I thought that was a very cute story. That like they kind of reconciled nice. because they need to be back in each other's lives through because they broke up in like 2017, and then reconciled over the pandemic. I thought that was pretty sweet. And then the other movie I just watched this. This afternoon, uh, Blinded by the Light, which was the uh, the movie about like a Pakistani guy growing up in in England who discovers Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, I watched this mm. movie. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's it it um, kind of continues a trope that is a little troublesome sometimes, which is like the the thing that can save this brown person from a life of monotony and boringness is white culture. And like, I, you know, like, and this is like based on a true story. So I'm not, you know, like I'm not calling uh bullshit on the story or anything, but it just, it, there's a lot of that in movies. And I think if there wasn't so much of that sort of stuff in movies, I would have liked this a little more, but that all being said, I did like the movie quite a bit. Everybody's really good in it. Um, really no famous actors in it at all. Like I couldn't 
tell you the name of any of them and I didn't recognize anybody in it, but. Oh, you're going to have egg on your face when I look it up. And these are all very famous actors in some other country. And, yeah. Um, but it's really good. So I, you know, if, if that sort of storytelling doesn't bother you that much, then I'd say it's definitely worth watching. I think it just went on HBO Max. So that's where I watched it. But also I was expecting Bruce to show up at some point in the movie, but he's just in photographs with the real versions of a lot of the characters but he was not in it. So uh, not officially endorsed. Yeah. So can't give it the general overlord stamp because the boss doesn't show up. Not once. He sees like a guy's like jeans, like he's like a nice butt, like standing there like, is that, (laughs) is that B anyways, in front of an American flag, huh? Max, you have something to say? It's just like the Henry Cavill uh, cameo. He's just flying with his head out of screen or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, in Shazam or in, uh, at the end of uh, Peacemaker. That's right. Uh, all right, that'll do it for these. Let's talk about some TV shows. <laughs> TV shows we've seen. <laughs> we've seen. Uh, Robert, TV. I think the only, the, the main TV that I've been watching and uh, I basically hate watching now is uh, Halo. Me too. Or, or Hate Low, as I call it. <laughs> Um, although I would argue that the last episode I watched was, I think it was episode six was maybe the, one of the more interesting ones. That's what I was feeling. Cause I, I haven't watched episode six yet, but I did watch episode five and I was like, is this getting, is it that like, I have now been so beaten up by this show that I was like, is this getting better? Or was it just that like, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, yeah, like Quan's storyline is really bad. It's really and- bad. And it's just a drag when this episode is split with whatever Master Chief is doing versus that because it's such a slog. Um, only shows up in a little like momentary like f- memory flash in this new episode, but it's still a lot of like not action. Like it's a lot of talking and people under covering stuff and lore and things like that. But they felt like they just did a good job of it versus there's been action packed episodes that were boring too. So I feel like yeah they. They they got a better balance in here, but um, still not a fan. Uh, I what are, you, what are you snickering about? I mean, it sounds so shitty. Why did you guys stick with it? I told you, I mate, you don't never hate watch anything. I already have the Paramount thing until you know whenever whatever the next you know subscription date is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking hate watch it. Okay, okay. I want to see like I want them to get to Halo. I, I would like something Halo-y to happen, and I keep waiting for it, and it doesn't really happen. So. It's play, it's it's play just a game. It's re- yeah. Wait, um, there are games. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll be really surprised to learn there are books. Um, yeah, I like it's. At this point, like I shouldn't care so much, but I'm always really frustrated that he even puts his helmet on because, like, he takes it off so often that it feels like there's no point in him even wearing the helmet for like the three seconds. And it also doesn't it feel on. like. And this is like a more minor thing, but like the armor. I wish the armor and stuff felt like it, like looked like it weighed more or felt like it was like crazy armor because he puts the helmet on and it looks like a strong wind would blow it off his head. Yeah. Like it's weird the way it doesn't like the, and also like, I think they showed in the first episode when the, the Spartan armor gets on, it's like you have an undersuit thing and then it all kind of clicks on like almost like Spar- uh, Iron Man armor. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looks like you have to be in like a thing, a rig. And then it seems like they're just like, eh, taking it off whenever walking around in their under armor and stuff. And I was just like, so is it, 
hard to take on and off. The helmet flies off whenever. Did I, you did you like when uh is it Kai? Is that the name of the other Kai is the one who, yeah. Like when her. she was kind of getting her licks from the the covenant that like it they started making the like low shield noise when she was getting the bum, 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 yeah bum, they bum, did bum, that bum, and bum. they did that in, like the first episode there's some little tiny fan servicey things but I uh, I don't know not even like a a brute that brute shows up at one point and it's just like okay mm-hmm. like I don't care why can he make the like artifact like fly to his hand. Like, right. why didn't any of the other covenant do that? If you can just, if you're close enough and you can just like pull it to you, I didn't understand. Um, also really don't like the, the woman who was captured by the covenant and is very obviously like evil and, and people are, there's even a moment where like in this new episode where she like pulls out that plasma finger again mm-hmm. and then immediately gets like incapacitated, but no one like mentions that. And it's like, someone say that she has like this insane like weapon on her. This is weird that no one's saying anything. Uh, it's frustrating. It, yeah. Is it uh, it's a, a finger like a plasma sword? Like, yes, it looks like the it's same energy as a plasma sword, but it comes out of her finger and it's just like about that long. She just has like a little plasma <laughs> fingernail. <laughs> Which, and hey, I mean, I hope that's Max, DLC. You gotta the watch the show, dude. It's yeah, so dude. cool. H- it's, it's just the weirdest. Next it's just the weirdest thing. Someone. Yeah. If someone's, if someone's teabagging you, you have like enough energy to go and just like, and they're like, oh, um it's just such a head scratcher i really don't understand having again i I mentioned already there's story to halo i don't know it past a certain kind of certain games and it just seems like there's all this great lore and stuff to pull from it really should have started with chief crash landing on halo and everything starting to fill itself in after that it was just right at the top all this bullshit with the UNSC and stuff like yeah, that I, and characters I, wish, I didn't care about. I like the first episode is so bad. Like it is it's truly and it's crash television which is the like just throw as much shit at the audience as possible because you don't want them to like lose interest even for a second. And so so much stuff happens in the first episode that you don't have any time to like take in whether or not the UNSC is even good before they start telling you that they're bad. And it's just like it's too much stuff. Mm-hmm. That like now that you're like into this season and like things are slowing down, even from the pay, like even from the storytelling of the show, it now feels like they don't know what they're doing because it's like first episodes, bam, 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 and now it's just like you spent like half an episode with the yeah the the little evil blonde girl, and it's just like like why are we watching her in a spaceship for so long? It's just like, I'm surprised there hasn't been more nudity since they've done like some butts and things in the first couple episodes. Yeah. And I was honestly expecting like, I want to see that ass again, full frontal John halo. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think of this most recent episode. Cause like I said, it, it is arguably one of the better episodes since it started, but it, that's a very low bar right. and I'm still not, uh, well, it's episode six. It's supposed to be 10 episodes. I'm not convinced they're landing this plane gracefully. Why did, Why is this a TV show and not a movie? Why didn't they make a Halo movie? It seems they like tried. They tried. Blom, Neil Blomkamp, who did District 9 and uh, Chappie and all that stuff, he was going to do it. Yeah, but, and, uh, and why Why did they swap over? It seems like this... I, it seems like Halo is more for a two-hour bite-sized thing rather than... It seems like what's going you. on is drawn out, right? I think you could do an amazing... Yeah, two, two and a half hour, like the first Halo game, like you crash lands that you you establish that there's these covenant flying around and attacking our the spacefaring humans. And then him finding the 
uh, guilty spark and taking out, you know, the covenant and them, uh, whatever. And then big cliffhanger. Hey, do you want to make us to make another movie and then do like halo two and shit? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like that would have been the move. Yeah. Yeah. This, well, this TV series seems like they're putting a lot into it, but not enough. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, yeah, it just seems kind of like wasted and like, they didn't know what they wanted to do with it. And they had to fill it out with extra stuff that like, doesn't seem like it's from the by all accounts either, the people working like, on it yeah were told not to or, or chose not to go into any of like the game lore or anything yeah. so it's it just doesn't feel like lovingly made which i maybe someone on the project does care like the guns look correct there's you know models for characters that seem like it, it i think i already said but it kind of feels a little bit to me like the mario bros movie where it's like these all have the right names right everyone it's like mm. yeah but like nothing everything else is weird it's like it's it's fine halo all right yeah the the look i i think yeah they they nailed it better than the Mario I'm, I'm i'm being a little hyperbolic but um but bam with the dennis, shows dennis up hopper finally dennis hopper Mario. walks in and he's just like hey it's me the arbiter it's just like oh boy <laughs> and he just has a uh mushroom head and a, a jacket coat. yeah it's like it's like a, the original java how it was just like a dude in a fur coat so like arbiter shows up and it's just like another guy is like don't worry they're adding stuff on top of me later just, don't say that in the shot <laughs> john walks behind him he goes over a tail that isn't there good good stuff uh he tries to shoot at john but then john's head kind of jerks to the left and <laughs> and then somebody walks by just like wearing the jar jar head on top of their head like, do you, have you hey seen that the behind the scenes with um, no. Ahmed Best, the guy who yes. plays Jar Jar? Where he just has like, like a Jar Jar hat on. And, yeah, it's like, like a column and then like the Jar Jar is way up here. It's oh really funny. Oh, my God. I got to watch those movies again. The uh, prequels? Yeah. Yeah. Just just the Jar Jar parts. Yeah. Or are you talking about uh, Super Mario Bros? All of them, man. I got some movies to watch. That's true. Uh, Robert, what else have you been watching? Uh, that's that's about all for TV. What uh-huh. a sad existence I'm I'm leading. Pathetic, Max. What about you? Uh, I watched uh, the Chestnut Man, which is like a this murder is a sequel to the thing. Bye Bye Man. The Bye Bye Man, huh? The InSync Boys. Yeah, the Bye 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 Man. Wasn't that um, a, wasn't that a horror movie? The Bye Bye Man. Am I? It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it? Yeah. Not to be confused with the Empty Man, which I recommend. Uh. So it, the bye bye man is he just like ghost people? He's just like see you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. He's just a guy who shoots you. He's just a serial killer who just shoots people. No, it's a ghost. It, it is like a ghostly, like spectral man, but he just he has a gun and he shoots you. Whoa! <laughs> but he says bye bye before it every whoa, time. Whoa! Is there like we can't trace a bullet because he's a ghost? No, no. It's like a, a gun he bought. It's like a regular gun. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's a it's a horror movie that is anti ghost guns, weirdly, but like just it, everything else about it is supernatural. But the Chief, we just got him on camera. We saw him buying ammunition at the store. He has to buy it too. He, he what, okay, but he's a, but he's like a ghost. Yeah, yeah. He's a bye bye man. Oh, Doug Doug <laughs> Jones plays the bye bye man. Oh wow, that's interesting. <laughs> the Shape of Water oh. himself, Doug Jones. <laughs> Anyways, well, Chest- Chestnut Man, Chestnut man. Rather, than, rather than Bye Bye Man, it's a, I think Danish uh, something. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I think it was by the person who did the original The Killing, which I watched before. Mm-hmm. And it's another like um, 
murder mystery that they have to solve. And it's, it kind of has like that, the way that every single one of these like cop show murder mysteries start where they, someone gets saddled with a partner that they really don't want to be with. I don't know why they have to do that every single fucking time. Is that like every day? Every, it like, just seems like a weird thing to do like on a big case too it's like oh by the way like i'm throwing you off your game and giving you like a new partner it's like what? why why couldn't it be like on a quiet week when i could yeah. like orient them better better <laughs> <laughs> it just seems nah i like you know throwing people in the deep end so yeah so they did that but uh it was pretty good uh yeah i'd recommend it overall even though you have to read subtitles <laughs> uh i also watched barry oh the uh, uh, one episode the the bill hater yeah uh so i think season three at Mm -hmm. this point and uh i just watched the first episode of that one it's good i like it it's funny and it's also like real and unsettling there are certain like ptsd moments Mm -hmm. that he has that like i i was thinking i think i had to pause it and turn just say like these these things are so so like they you feel them Mm -hmm. and it, it feels awful and it um and it's shocking when you when you see it there where you just like really feel like it came out of nowhere and uh like it, it does a really good job with that and like there are other points in the thing where he blows up in a really like convincing way that I wouldn't expect from Bill Hader mm-hmm. either like uh from his SNL past he's like more of a comedy guy but um like he does serious pretty pretty dang well but it also does the comedy well. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I enjoy this. Uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's one of those shows. I, I weirdly like it. I think it gets talked about a lot, but I don't think it gets talked about like enough. Like I, I you know, I do hear about, yeah. like I hear about it all the time where people are like, it's so good and people are not watching it or at least like not like the perception is that people aren't watching it. Even though I do feel like it gets a fair amount of love, it is I I feel like it's going to be one of those shows that like when it eventually ends and hopefully ends on its own terms, I think it might be one of those shows that people go back and be like, damn, like we missed this when it was on. Like it's I I've watched like the first season. I haven't caught up to where you're at, but it's really fucking good. Yeah. Still hasn't happened for Boardwalk Empire, so hopefully it'll happen for Barry. <laughs> don't give it the max the max curse of talking about it too much yeah, that exactly. seems to be the the thing that prevents it from leaching, hyped, reaching legendary status yeah but yeah when the, the, this like PTSD thing came up it kind of like reminded me of how uh, PTSD was always portrayed in, in maybe it was the 90s early 2000s or whatever when they were first coming to terms with it as mm-hmm. a concept but it would always just be somebody like having waking like a, up in the middle of the night having like a with, war flashback or waking yeah exactly up with a cold just sweat or something explosions everywhere yeah. and then like they they wake up in their bed <gasps> exactly so like that it's funny how that was like all of it mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever there was any type of ptsd that was it but uh this one does it a, a bit better yeah uh i always i also watched uh i love lucy a couple of episodes you were uh, inspired from the, from the, the Ricardos. <laughs> exactly. And like th- this is coming back to, I think Nicole Kidman was a poor choice. <laughs> for... I think I, I would imagine that if you pressed her, I, she'd probably say she was a poor choice to be Lucille Ball. Like it's, it's such a weird casting choice that it felt yeah. like intentionally weird. 
Yeah. Well, no, and Max, would you agree? Because I think we, we mentioned this on an earlier episode. Uh, Aaron Sorkin says that uh, the I Love Lucy show is not really a comedy. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I'm like, man, I can't believe how serious this this show keeps taking everything mm-hmm. like uh, the when, conveyor when, belt with all the chocolates like overloads. And then like yeah. a bunch of people lose their jobs. It's like really depressing. Like she doesn't eat any of them. She just like goes home and, and it's sad and the factory goes under and just it's it's horrible. I didn't remember anything funny in that episode. No, no. I haven't laughed a single time in this. That, that's not why I watch it. I just watch it because the really I just want to see. You just watch it and go like, this would be so much better if this was Nicole Kidman. Yeah. <laughs> if she didn't ever make any faces, if it was just her going into her mind palace of comedy. Um, what happens in it? It's Ricardo's. Yeah. She, she's just like hold up, wait a minute. And then uh, she like thinks about the scene in her mind, comes up with something funny. And she's like, this is the perfect thing. And that's wow. it. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's really strange. And, they and then, and then Aaron's like, no, 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 it's not. It's not funny. Not a comedy. You got to understand. This is just a real mind palace. It's just for thinking. Um, but it's, it's pretty funny. Although there are so many points where it's like, modern day problematic where you're just like oh shit like why why do you every single episode why do you have to make fun of your husband's accent and like why are you dressing up like somebody in cuba mm-hmm. like and you know like there's so many things where it's just like oh yo yo this really does not age well they have a homeless guy in the last episode and just like he's he's in their house stealing everything like constantly shoving stuff into his pockets and stuff like that and they're i don't like every single episode has something where i'm just like oh this this makes me so uncomfortable uh but it also is like a trailblazing show for the exact things that like it 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 seems to be so backwards in terms of feminism and in terms of like racial relations and yet it was like one of the things that pushed that forward. It was like liberal for that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy to, to think about that kind of stuff, but uh, pr- pretty funny when it's not, you know, like making me <laughs> feel uncomfortable for watching it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'd, uh, somebody, Oh, like um, Kate Blanchett, I think was supposed to play, lucy instead of uh that's much better that's much better and that fell through also i think some people were pushing for deborah messing which i think people really wanted deborah messing yeah that would also be better i think she would have worked watching the original show i feel like every once in a while ricky looks a lot like um like the hulk what's his name mark ruffalo the hulk uh i don't know if he could pull off the accent or anything without it feeling pretty bad uh so i think probably javier bardem was a good choice yeah. over mark ruffalo but like visually i think he could sure could have done a decent job um yeah i've also watched some snl the lizzo episode was funny i wanted to like the jonathan majors one but i couldn't make it all the way through it was like pretty pretty bad yeah uh Billie Eilish did a pretty decent job of being both uh, host a and guest. guest. Yeah, host and guest. Uh, yeah, but that's all I've seen. How about I, you, Andrew? Uh, just Halo. Same thoughts as Robert. But um, I was thinking about that time where I think it was like we were just out of high school, and I think we were you, Max, you and I were at a friend's house, and we turned on SNL, 
and Ashton Kutcher was hosting and it was a sketch where it was like kids in a classroom and Chris Parnell is playing the teacher and everybody is caught cheating on this essay and it's just like and like the the punchlines are like well you cheated because you left the URL on the top of this piece of paper and you know this one has your brother's name on it and those are the punchlines and we kept waiting for them to be like you know like a car to drive through the like front you know like the front of the class like something that's gonna like break the scene and be like oh there's the joke right like yeah and it's just like no the joke was just like here's how you cheated and then like oh I didn't cheat yes you did here's the proof and it was like what the fuck are we watching? Is this a, is this like, it truly was like, are we watching? Is this a spoof of a sketch? Like, it's like, this is like a presentation of like, this is the source of an L doing anti-comedy. Yeah. It almost felt like, yeah, it felt like proto Tim and Eric almost because it was just so not, there's just so much not, there's no jokes in here. It was very weird. They certainly have their off weeks where like, I imagine doing, you know, comedy every oh, single yeah, week. Yeah, it's hard. It's got to be like difficult and, it, you know, and you got to make it topical. You got to like, you're also trying to appeal to a bunch of different uh, groups. Right. And sometimes they really do not they whiff. it. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it just fucking whiffs. And they must know too. That's got to, that's got to feel bad being up there and doing that stuff. And right. Seeing your stuff fall completely flat. But yeah, uh, yeah it's not, uh, everyone likes to rag on SNL like it's really uh popular now for people to just say like it's you know it's not funny its, anymore past yeah. prime is not funny anymore it's total total shit but they that have should just be the show on after snl it should just be like a like commentary of people like making fun of it yeah now that's yeah. a show but the lizzo episode man try and get through it without laughing i mm-hmm. thought there was some good stuff in there i do i mean like some of the funniest people that we have in the industry now are from snl like Kristen mm-hmm. wig is like She's so funny and she held up so many bad years of SNL. And like, I say bad years, but just like, so like where like she lifted up the, the, the material higher than, you know, like the target lady is a, is like a stupid character, but she was always pretty funny doing it. It, But, but it's another like thing. She was there doing uh, sketches every single week, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and probably a lot of the show was falling on her shoulders. So she ended up, you know, doing a whole lot. And she had some serious duds, I would say. Yeah, like there there were sure. times where I was like, oh God, this character, like Target Lady is an example that I did not enjoy. Whenever it came on, I was like, okay, I'll wait for this next commercial to be over yeah. uh, and then come back. You know, like I, I don't necessarily need to watch this part. Yeah. But I mean, like even in the, like I was just, I think the point I'm trying to make is like, even in the years where people are like, this, these are the bad years of SNL. It's like, yeah, we had Kate McKinnon come from SNL. We had, Kristen Wiig come from SNL like so, so many like recently comedy true comedy superstars in like movies and TV shows came from SNL so yeah yeah sh- and sh- I think you, you have a lot of talented people on there too yeah that, like it could also be that in some cases they're like not being utilized the way that they like mm-hmm it doesn't their style of comedy doesn't work with everybody else's possibly or like they haven't found their groove or they haven't convinced somebody that like they made it onto the show but they haven't like really been doing much in terms of sketches so yeah. like some sometimes that happens yep. especially if they want to do some topical stuff and it's like no I, like i do my own comedy but i can't really play putin so right. they, like you don't end up seeing them yeah or like i don't know having like i i 
I think it's fair to rag on the show for having like Jim Carrey come on and play Joe Biden or Melissa yeah. McCarthy continue to play uh, Sean Spicer. Like there's just some stuff where it's like, this is stupid, but like, yeah. yeah. So I, I get the complaints, <laughs> but also like, yeah. And that's the thing. Like oftentimes they're, they're cold open. The first sketch that they do is the absolute worst of the show. Mm-hmm. And like, but that's the only thing that people see if they're going to, you know, hop in for, like i'll i'll give it another shot right Right. and then they see the worst sketch of the whole show right off the bat they they gotta stop doing the like well it's usually like the cold open is usually the like you know we mentioned it's it's usually like a political sketch which is kind of what dominates tv right now is Mm -hmm. political news so like that's what that's what unfortunately the mainstream audience that they're trying to target wants is you know somebody doing an impression of trump or somebody doing an impression of biden and Oh man, the one this week is going to be great. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Um, yeah, I, I think they might want to switch that up. I think they might want to like find a, a new method for that and yeah. not go. Like, I'm fine with them doing some politics stuff. I especially like it in Weekend Update, but I don't necessarily. That know makes more it, sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't really nail it in the that first one to constantly have, especially stuff that feels outdated the the moment it hits. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they started writing the sketch, you know, in the, you know, when midweek or whenever it, you know, the news broke and then it's like, doesn't feel very By the time polished, the weekend uh, comes the, yeah, the news is already old news. Anyways, guys, uh, let's talk about the movie. We all saw everything everywhere all at once. We saw everything, everywhere, all at once. Guys, did you get the reference? And that's I did get the reference. Cool. Thank you. I did not. Cool. It's completely over my head. So. Uh, I'll tell you about it. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, when we get to that moment, yeah. Yeah. So this is a movie. It's currently in theaters. The Daniels, uh, the creators behind Swiss Army Man, did this movie. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is the star, Stephanie Hsu. And uh, you guys all said his name, and I already forgot it. Jonathan K. Kwan. Jonathan K. Kwan, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, Jenny Slate, bunch of other people. Um, would you recommend people go to the movie theater to see this movie? I would, yes. I really enjoyed it, and I was glad I saw it in theater. Max, what about you? I think it's almost out of theater. I think you can wait. This is in... I, I, got, I have to reiterate, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. This isn't uh, me ragging on the movie. I just don't necessarily think the theater yeah. experience is a, a better experience the, than the watching quali- it Yeah, home. the qualifier being, do you feel, if you feel safe in the theater and, um, yeah, can you wait also, till also, home release? outside of safety, I think sometimes I prefer just watching it at home, being yeah. able to pause it, being in my own area. I don't, I don't sure. feel like I need that, uh, like, the difference in sound quality and visual, it's also like not always better there. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not set up in the way that I, I would want it to be. Sure. I can't turn it down. I can't pause it. So like, I don't necessarily think that it's a better experience. Uh, I th- I think that there are some things that it can do better, but uh, overall I wouldn't say that the experience has to be a theater experience. Sure. So that's the only reason why I say, Hey, if you're the same way as me and it doesn't have to be theater, Mm-hmm. Go ahead and wait. This one doesn't really need to be seen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. In, in theater. <laughs> I do think, I think it's probably like, we're probably still like a month or month and a half away from it being oh, okay. digitally available. 
Um, at least as of us recording this. I think Jesus Christ, Max, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I think it'll wow. probably be like mid-June <laughs> hey, before people are Remember how we recorded home. this early. I'm just That's true. To this like, is coming out in like late August. Yeah. Um, right, when it's when it's already out. Just on the, the cusp of it. Yeah. Um, um, and there, there were some moments too where like I noticed the people around me, for example. There, there's a, a point where the sound cuts out uh, and it, it, like everything goes quiet and then like other people are laughing Mm -hmm. and so i'm thinking like is my experience here of hearing other people laughing at this point actually increasing my enjoyment of it not really interesting another another example of just like i don't know if you have to go to the theater to see this but it's a great movie i would definitely recommend seeing the movie yeah yeah um i do think it's worth seeing in the theaters, I think. And uh, like, I would, I'd be interested to watch this again. I mean, I'm obviously going to watch it again at home when it's available, but I thought seeing this movie in theaters, like there's, there's a lot of quiet moments to this movie that I think Max, you're right. Don't like qualify as like, Oh, you got to see this part, you know, like in theaters. But I do think there are parts of the movie where I do feel like, man, I'm glad I saw that part in theaters. And like, it's because so much of this movie is like visually so interesting and there's mm-hmm. not a, and like, I do like, I, I see where you're coming from Max when you say like, and I don't think you mean it specifically for this movie that like there's mov- moments where you want to pause and like, yeah. you know, get up. I do get that what you're saying about that. Uh, like in general, like I do like the ability to say like, I need to take a fucking break or like, you know, I was talking about with, uh, um, I was maybe talking about before to, the record where like I just was watching something yesterday and I just need to like 10 minutes to take a nap. Cause I just couldn't like be awake any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that this movie is so stunning and beautiful and interest visually interesting from second one to the end of the movie mm-hmm. that I do think it's worth seeing in theaters qualifying if you feel safe and to like, yeah, all the other things that go along with being in movie theater. But I think it is like beyond like, you know, all that it's so worth seeing. It's so fucking good. Yeah. 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 I think, I think for me, it's just like, I've, I've got this in my mind. People have 72 inch theaters or like uh, TVs in their own house. Yes. They have decent sound bars. Yes. Like all of this stuff is available to people. And like, do I notice a difference when I'm in a, a theater versus uh, at home, the differences that I'm noticing is I I can't uh, go to the bathroom. So like like the Northman, for example, I had to pee about an hour into that mm-hmm. and had to wait there an hour or miss right. part of it. Right. Uh, that that kind of thing wouldn't distract me. I wouldn't be like looking at my watch, thinking like, all right, how much fucking longer is this going to handle right. it? Uh, for for a full hour of the movie, I could just like take. 10 minutes so like the people say they don't they want you to be immersed in it but am i immersed in while you're thinking about how you have to go to the bathroom bathroom rather than immersed in the movie it's more distracting for me than just like taking a brief moment away from it and coming back to it and then like and then immersing myself entirely in that yeah am i am i more immersed by hearing other people's reaction to it or am i more immersed when i'm like in it myself when it goes completely silent and the whole room is completely yeah, silent. That makes sense. I see. Yeah. I see what you mean. Um, I find, I mean, for me, it is, it's not usually uh, I have got a camel bladder, so I'm good to go <laughs> most movies, but I genuinely just, it's easier for me to not get distracted. I won't pick up my phone even for a second. 
to like look at something if it buzzes i just you know make sure it's not like an emergency if i even look at it at all um but i'm just like i feel like i'm just like so much more locked in which is one of the reasons i like the theater it just uh, there's all the detriments that you have described like you could have sticky floors or someone like laughing at a weird time or like it, it could literally take one person to be reacting in a weird way where you're like huh like or like oh i would mm -hmm. wish i could have you know sat with that but this person's like saying something or reacting in a way i wasn't expecting but i think like the benefits for me outweigh the the negatives um and but and to your point that you can get a theater experience on a normal tv a lot of the time nowadays too so see both sides of it um and i think that covers it right we're yeah, done we're <laughs> uh, yeah I sorry do... to get in the weeds though but i no, was thinking about it <laughs> i like i was thinking about before we were like gonna get on and record i was thinking about like i don't feel like we should go through the plot of this movie because i do feel like one mm -hmm. people should see this movie like i don't yeah. think i think it's like it to me like so the Daniels, as, as I mentioned, also did Swiss Army Man and Swiss Army Man is not for everybody. And like, yeah. I also think that there are parts of this movie that will like genuinely kind of weird people out and maybe mm -hmm. think like it's I mean, the everything part is sort of present because it's it feels very silly and comedic at parts. Yes. It feels, you know, like there's the ache of romance and kind of like or, or rather like a kind of like a relationship trying to kind of like recover and mm -hmm. you know different facets of it um there is like it, it is like the overall implications of the whole plot are scary in the in the, the world ending sense um there's amazing action uh there's you know there's a lots of drama so it feels like it really is trying to hit a lot of different marks yeah and i i love it for that but you're right that it not and not uneven in, in for me, but I could see someone being like, "What genre is this? Like, how am I supposed to be reacting?" Right. And the answer is kind of like you just sort of like let it flow over you. From and then, like scene there, to scene. there are parts of the movie that are genuinely like I think too weird for some people. Like I think like some people will like react maybe even negatively to like some of the stuff. Like I think it is a bold movie. Like there are scenes that just feel like almost out of place in the movie. Like they're so kind of like experimental yeah. and weird. That I, I know, think, I know that like specifically some scenes that you're talking. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about when I flash my fingers in front of you. Oh, the, that one or the, uh, the the one that won the trophy. Yes. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like. But I, right. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's. Oh. Um, <laughs> Took me a second. It is. It's just. It is to me. It's probably my favorite movie of like the last like half like half decade at least like when i think about it like you know and part of that is like so much of our movie going experience is going to see marvel movies which i love and you know there's and that is not a detriment i'm not saying anything detrimental to marvel movies i think they kind of exist in a category of their own in terms of like cinema experiences sure and but like i don't i wouldn't rate any marvel movie probably as highly as i do rate this movie um I think it's it's like truly like I spent the last 45 to 50 minutes of this movie just in tears like for, solidly yeah. for like the last half of the movie just crying so hard and I think it's it's like it's a movie experience unlike anything else and I am curious what your guys' experience was seeing it as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's uh, yeah, I felt myself crying pretty often at that at the last part and thinking like what is it about this that's 
making me cry so much because yeah. it seemed like you know a fairly simple message that was r- like really resonating in such a weird movie too that mm-hmm. like like what what did it do to uh resonate like that and it seemed like it was hitting a lot of people in the theater and it seems like a lot of people who are coming out and and rating it are saying the same thing is that it has that and um like i i was really excited about this movie just seeing the visuals i think and knowing that michelle yo was in it yeah and uh like didn't know what to expect when i heard that it was the person who made Swiss Army Man, because I was one of those people. It was not for. Mm-hmm. It it felt like very. I I understand that it had some good parts to it, but like by the end of it, I was just like, this guy seems like a stalker, edge lord, and like the movie doesn't know that he's that. And um, like, but this one, this one, like, it's uh, by the way, it's felt- it's a guy. Uh, it's it's two guys. One first name Daniel, the other last name Daniel. So it's the Daniels is. Yeah. The filmmaking duo that made this and Swiss Army Man. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It, it it just feels Wait, like Robert. Uh, Robert, let Max finish his point. Oh, I apologize. Well, I don't know if I had anything else. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me finish, Robert. Oh, uh, go for it. Uh, uh, I was thinking. Uh, no, I was just going to yeah. kind of comment that I, uh, for me, yeah, I was. I, I would agree. Yeah, like especially by the end, it's very emotional, and um, for a movie that is, you know, uh, well we're sort of generally speaking is about the multiverse and all of this crazy stuff that kind of comes with that concept. Um, it feels very grounded. Yeah. Like the, the core story is like a family and, and like the, the troubles of owning a business, the stresses of uh, your relationships with your parents and your, uh, your uh, offspring. Um, and it never loses sight of that. No matter how weird it gets, it always ties back into that. Um, what I was really one of the things I was really interested in in the movie is it you know as you said it is a multiverse movie mm-hmm. and right now multiverse seems to be the the thing you know like we had into the spider-verse and now like you know far from home or no way home and multiverse I did notice like when we watched uh, no way home did you notice you could see Michelle Yeoh coming through one of like the energy cracks at the end all right well he she didn't <laughs> know that he was fucking Peter Parker um but like there's no, I have, I have never like, I, cause I was like, when I first saw the movie, the, the previews for the movie, I was just like, okay, you know, like now multiverses are going to be like the thing and people are, and like, uh. I have seen none of that discourse, especially from the people who have seen the movie that nobody's been like, oh boy, you know, like they're just copying Marvel or anything. Like it's such a great movie that I think it, it, sort of went beyond that discourse of like oh they're sure. just taking advantage of spider Man, blah 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 and like it is you know and why couldn't they leave spider-man alone and let him have the multiverse he's movie? the only one who's supposed to have a multiverse and like this is a movie produced by the russos who like are very involved in in marvel so like there's a lot of the traitors why would they do that <laughs> i can't believe they took the multiverse idea and used it somewhere else I mean, it would be funny if they just like stole a bunch of ideas. Like Michelle Yeoh has like an elevator fight. Like, who wants to get off? Like, like start fighting. Everyone's like, what the fuck? They're just taking scenes from the movies. <laughs> yeah, um, but all that being said, I yeah, it's and like we can talk about the movie. I wasn't like trying to say like let's keep it spoiler free for like people. I think like people who are listening to this, I think should see the movie and 
if they have, they probably have already, they know the plot. So like, I think this is one of those like rare movies where I don't feel like we need, should like recap it because one, the plot is fucking bananas and so much happens in this that it's like, we're going to inevitably miss like a hundred things that happen in it. But I just think like people should see it, form their own opinions. And then, yeah. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to go in blind, just, just stop listening and, yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, go watch it. Cause, because I honestly, uh, like didn't realize everyone who was in it. I, I knew that, uh, basically it was Michelle Yeoh and, uh, short round yeah. from, uh, Indiana Jones. And like, that's, that's really all I knew besides the visuals of it, that it looked kind of cool. Like, uh, Michelle Yeoh with the, like, googly eye on her forehead and yeah. i was like what is this <laughs> like what what is it that's so visually striking too because when i was watching it i was like how did this grab me so quickly through a couple of screenshots mm-hmm. but it did and it's also surprisingly not like low tech but like they the daniels use a lot of like like kind of camera techniques and things that you can do like in the actual scene to to pull off some of the shots and i feel mm-hmm. like it looks better than you know, things that have had to run through a computer for hours and hours, you know, kind of processing. So it's just like fun in that way as well. Yeah. I really love like uh, James Hong at the end. He like, there's a version of him that comes from the future and he just has like, uh, cause he's in that, that looks like pieces of keyboard and stuff. Yeah. exactly. Just like old eighties office equipment. Uh, If you were pretending to be a robot and you just had like an old junkyard of like computers to go through, that's what you would come up with. Yeah. Just, just like uh, tape it to yourself with duct tape or something like that. And so he's at the end and you can't even see his whole body. You can't see what his like thing is, but it seems kind of just like an exosuit in that they've put all of these weird pieces on his arms. And those are the only things you can see. And so like, uh, it really is just like they're they're throwing this together, but the it really feels right, and and all the like weird looks that uh, that Joy has, or uh, yeah, Jobu, uh, uh, not a bad outfit in the bunch on Jobu, yeah, so so cool. Um, there's a little scene, and you can actually see it in the trailer that I liked. I kind of wish they did it a couple more times, but then again if they do one thing interesting once that's fine with me like it doesn't need to like go keep going back to the well for that but at one point jobu is trying to jump into another version of herself to find michelle yo's character and from behind you see her from behind the back of her head haven't seen her face yet and she kind of goes tick 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 and kind of like scrolls like she's going through a radio station through a couple personalities in other dimensions Uh and then like lands at the one in the bar and then kind of you know peels off from there but that just little, that was just, you know, those were just shots. Those were just shots from behind. They made sure they lined up and the way it was all edited together was, is beautiful. You can, yeah, you can see it in the trailer, but it's uh, just little visual things like that that are so interesting. And you know I, that I that really was, enjoyed. That was originally Aquafina was going to play Jobu. Really? Yeah. And Jobu and was, the daughter or Jobu yeah, just the Jobu? She was, yeah, that, kid, oh. that actress was originally going to be Aquafina, which like, I don't think she'd do a bad job. I don't but think like, so either, but I, I really liked this performance. Yeah. And Having seen I'm the happy. movie, it's hard for me to to picture anybody else in the role. I could I could see. I feel like she would have seemed like a little account. too old, maybe. I don't maybe. know. Um but yeah, I don't think be... she had an age though that like really required her to be at, at that certain age. Um now nah, Alcofina's aged out. She's she's done now. <laughs> too old. <laughs> I think she's in her twenties now. Ugh. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. replacing her. They're 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 uh, de aging her for the next uh, Shang Chi movie. She yeah. looks too old now. Good, <laughs> great. 
love to hear that. Um, yeah, yeah. Are there like, I mean, this is a, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis also in this movie. What did you think of Jamie well, Lee Curtis? That was, that was, I was going to say that was a surprise where yeah. I remember she was in the trailer. Some folks who saw the trailer didn't even realize that was Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And then I definitely didn't expect her to be in it quite so much. In fact, like I was like, okay, she'll be in the trailer. It's kind of like she ends up fighting at one point. Right. And it's like, okay, so that'll be like, she'll be in a scene where but she's like she, genuinely scary. She's like scary, that. but yeah. she also ends up tying into Michelle Yeoh's character in certain other romantic. multiverses where like there's a, ro- there's yeah. a ro- uh, romantic, uh, you know, relationship or she's just cross paths with them in a different way. And I was just like, I wasn't expecting this. This is a very pleasant surprise. I, yeah. uh, really weird stuff. And that dimension in particular is very strange. Yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> I um, ate hot dogs after I got home. From this <laughs> wow. <week>. You monster. <laughs> um, the thing that we, so the, the song that we, that I played at the top, absolutely story of a girl is there's a, there's a scene where, um, she where, cries a river and drowns the whole world. Exactly. Where yep. Way, Waymond, uh, Evelyn's, uh, husband, um, I think it's it it's early in the movie, but he's sort of he says like, something at the end too. Yeah, so he's he's like expressing to her that you know like he's trying to convince her that there is a multiverse, and he says, "Have you ever noticed how your hair never falls in quite the same way, and your clair- your clothes never fit the same way?" And it took me like five minutes because he says that in the movie. I'm like, that's a fucking song lyric, and what is yeah. it from? And it took me. I was like thinking about it for like five minutes. I was like. That's that fucking nine day song. This is the story of a girl. And I was like, why is that in there? And I, I kept thinking like maybe they worked on the soundtrack or something, but like I went to their Twitter afterwards and they were just like, we're just as surprised as you are. And it's so cool that it's in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. I think he said, and he says like another line like it at the end, I think in the parking lot or something. Yeah. Um, It reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys remember in Kung Fu Hustle, there's a part where it might even be the guy with like all the rings who gets like fucked up and he's like dying and starts speaking in English to one of the characters. And there's like saying like, why are you speaking in English? I can't understand you. And he's saying like action lines from other movies and stuff. Uh Like, what are you prepared to do? And they're like, what? We can't understand you. What are you saying? And I was just like, that is such a weird thing to like pick a little line from a song or pick a line from another movie and have your characters just say those. Um, Also, there's going to be a Kung Fu hustle too. That just got announced. Yes, yeah. That's a that's big news. Um, but yeah, is is there like a like I for me like I like I said, I think I spent 45 to 50 minutes at the end of this movie just like straight crying like from this is it if there's anybody lord bless your heart if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the movie at this point. Um this it starts when they're the two rocks. <laughs> yeah. Communicating to each other from that to the end of the movie I think I was crying. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. It's a, t- I mean, it is a, it like emotionally, this it is a tough movie. And if they it's, can get you to have an emotional attachment to these characters that are just rocks and just speaking in like you know, subtitles. You know floating text, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. then they have they've done something special yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, some, when, uh, when the when the dad is just saying, just be kind, mm-hmm. please please be kind, and I'm thinking of, like, oh, he's quoting the like rewinding of vhs tape uh but he like it was super i don't that was the point where like i was really balling and i was like yeah. what why <laughs> why is it it's such a simple message but they do they deliver it so well they earn it through through the rest of it yeah. that like that is the way 
that things get better and like everything can be so fucked up so weird and that's that's just it that's the solution and it can be that simple right, right? ah I, I just yeah I I think like the la- and especially I think the last like 30 minutes of this movie are so fucking good and like you're right like it's a movie that like I mean that line especially just be kind it, it, it like in the in the wrong hands like mm-hmm. a, a less you know like a less talented actor and less talented filmmakers that could be so fucking corny and like written on paper I think like you could interpret that so like you know just say it in like a really corny way but he delivers it so perfectly and the way that it's shot and the way that's portrayed on film, it never in that time, I just like, Oh God, that was kind of, you know, stupid the way they said that. And it could so easily have gone that the other way. And it had been like, a Ugh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just be kind. God, that's so corny. But like, yeah, I think it's like, it's a movie that like it coming out and like, it's the perfect time for it to come out where like everything feels like fucking nihilistic and you know, like the, you know, everything feels shitty <laughs> at all times and to have a movie where the message of it is like yeah like the whole world's falling apart and there you know like there's like a, a literal doomsday device in this movie that like they created a very funny macguffin in this movie by the way to be a, mm-hmm. that everything bagel mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but like it sort of allowed them to kind of like having the the macguffin be an everything bagel allows the movie to be surreal and stupid in certain points but also like have moments like that where you know the messages be nice to each other that like when that hits evelyn and she starts to like remember like you know because she's so frustrated with her husband the entire movie you know she's like just feels like he's like they're not in love anymore and their relationship sucks and all this stuff like once like that hits her and she starts to remember all the things that like she does love about him and all this stuff. I think that's why that hit me so hard too, is it just like yeah. that, like you just, it's the sort of stuff you just sort of forget. And like, you think about it with your own life. Like you think about like the way that you kind of forget how maybe like this person you've like fallen out of communication with or whatever, like all the things that you have done with or for, or, you know, that person has done for you and like just stuff like that, where it's just like, you just, it's so easy to forget that sort of stuff. And then mm-hmm. this movie just like has this huge epiphany for her where it's like, all like all she's remembering is like the times that he's like held her hand or like opened the door for her or something. And it's just like, God, like that's so that is that hit me in like a very realistic way. And it's, it's kind of also like his full character where he, he is kind of that loser. Yeah. And, but him being that and running around with his fanny pack is what is like saving the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in a lot of cases where like things wouldn't have happened without him being that loser and without being, you know, kind of desperate and without being who he is. Yeah. I also think this movie is it like, it tells a lot about generational trauma in a very mm-hmm. effective way. And I think like I, I the way I've been it, it saying this movie, I, I feel like this movie will speak also a lot to um, relationships between women and their mothers and I think especially Asian women and their mothers, I think like there's a lot of generational trauma that is being portrayed on screen between the, that like subset. I, it, and I'm not saying that this movie is exclusively for that, you know, it is. Right. I, I really, it didn't, it's, it's I personal on different it, levels. You know. Like you said, yeah, I, you can, it, you can go like, if you want to go like the more basic ones, yeah, it's like uh, 
like relationships with your family, you can also say it's relationships, you know, more specifically with, you know, moms and daughters and also specifically with like, uh, you know, immigrant families, especially like first generation immigrant families where like a big point of the plot is like she decided to go, you know, leave her country and go to America with her husband. Um, so that like all factors in too. Um, I like that it kind of, that's what I really do enjoy about it. It's, it's hitting so many different things that it's, it's also being funny while it's tapping into all this. It's, it's really enjoyable for that reason. Yeah. Um, also just a low key, good food movie. Like if you like did a themed party, you, you got your hot dogs, you got uh, orange soda. Everyone has to drink the full bottle though. Um, um, and you have to have your hands in the hot dog buns. Um, what else did they eat? Uh, the, the everything bagel. There you go. Yeah. You can have literally whatever, just take everything out of your cupboards and have it all available to put on. Um, so expect that for a theme party from me in yeah. the future. Max, what, what were you about to say before the food point? I think I was just going to talk about like uh, the great action scenes that are yes. like that kind of flip things on their head sometimes. And like, uh, like the Jenny Slate fight. Oh yeah. With her, with her Big nose puppy is uh fucking hilarious. Like, I also I was also really worried during that scene that something like was like they were gonna like kill the dog. Like cause she yeah. they very like cleverly have the scene set up where Jenny kind of turns and her dog's like <sighs> but like at the same time like uh Evelyn is channeling like a hibachi chef. And I was just like, oh God, like she's going to cut that dog or something. And <laughs> what ends up happening is the dog just kind of gets thrown off screen. So I was very yeah. happy mm-hmm. to not see a dog like get harmed in the way that I was like anticipating it getting hurt, but splattered against and, the wall or become like an onion volcano. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they certainly like, I, I just like that they're, they made it so silly that it's just like a plushie the entire time being swung yes. around on a string. And yes. so you don't feel like, okay, this There's is a like, dog in danger. Yeah. It's the right tone for, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, you never have that, that feeling that there's any problem there. But I also like that, like at the end when she's like, oh, I have to help these people. But uh, in terms of the movie, this is where we need to put an action scene. Yeah. So she's going around and like uh, does the same like neck snap, but to adjust somebody's neck into the correct position. Yeah. And then she like, you know, grabs the guy, puts him over uh, her knee and like sl- spanks his butt because that's exactly what he wants. Right. And so mm-hmm. she's doing all of these like action scene tropes but rather than them being violence they're they're like correcting the situation for everybody yeah yeah i mean them out the fact that that this movie is everything not just an action movie but like a good martial arts movie Mm -hmm. and and has all this other stuff on top of it is also insane just it's we are keep talking about it but just can't talk it up enough there's also there's an interview going around with michelle yo i think she did for like gq magazine or something but like she said that when she read the script that she got really emotional because like she's never been offered a movie where she felt like she got to like really act like, you know, mm-hmm. she's been in a, like she's been in so many fucking movies, but like, and she's great all the time. Like the reason, like primary, the reason I wanted to see this movie was cause like it's a movie with Michelle Yeoh in it. And it like seemed like a multiverse of like, like it seemed like they were referencing a bunch of like her movies. Like, you know, there's, mm-hmm there's one universe where she's like a successful actress and kind of feels like that's like a crazy rich Asians, like, you know, kind of homage. And then there's like the one where it's like a crouching tiger homage. And it's like, so I was like, wow, like a fucking Michelle Yeoh multiverse movie. I'll go see it. Cause I just love Michelle Yeoh, but like that she herself, and she gets really emotional in this, in this interview where she's just like, I've just 
didn't think people thought of me this way as like this kind of actress. And I was just like, fuck, like she's been around for this long and that she feels like she's never been really given the chance to like really show her range. I was just like, God, that's kind of, it's like sad, but I was like, I'm really glad for her that she got the opportunity and she feels this strongly about this. Yeah. yeah. James Hong said something uh, kind of similar, just in that he's, he is so prolific. He's like, I've been in 500 movies yeah, and probably about 10 of those. I wasn't subservient or like, you know, like it my Asianness wasn't the reason I did whatever, right. you know, like, like all of these things. Um, even though like he really loves big trouble in little China yeah. where he plays like, right. <laughs> like, uh, low pan, low pan, the, the uh, the worst stereotype yeah. or whatever. But, and he said, yeah, are you talking about the interview? He gave an interview where he was like, there's a little low pan in every character. Yeah. I play. Yeah. Yeah, which is like an interesting thing to say, but like he he went for it and he made that crazy character his own. And yeah, and yeah, but it's great. But it is like interesting seeing that he he's saying like ten out of five hundred. He really felt like you know he was able to to play a character rather than you know play an Asian character right, or something sure. or us you know the American idea of an Asian character. Yeah, right. The nineteen nineties idea of an Asian character. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great to see things progressing moving forward for for everyone for, yeah. for these two actors and for for everyone watching the movie like hopefully yeah. things are starting to shift and that like maybe someday we'll look back at this and think gosh this is like i love lucy there are so many problems with this and, <laughs> and things are so much better than this now and i can't believe that this was uh, cutting edge <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't we haven't really talked that much other than like uh that she was almost played by uh, Aquafina, but um, Joy, Joy's character or the actress that plays Joy, Jeff, uh, Stephanie Shu, um, I thought she was great. I thought she brought like a really strong vulnerability that like part of the reason why I, I guess I'm a little skeptical of Aquafina is not that she can't do this, but I thought Stephanie Shu, who I felt like she brought the vulnerability to that character that it really needed mm-hmm. because like she is primarily the antagonist to the film at least in like the narrative sense sure but like it's it's all stemming from trauma from her mother so like it's not like a you know i'm evil and i hate my mom because she you know took my phone away or something like it is like like there's real generational trauma going on there that has sort of like formed this you know jobu character to kind of like go through the multiverses and wipe out um, versions of Evelyn. And it all feels like earned because of what's happened to her. Yeah. And then like by the end of the movie, when they do have their reconciliation, it's like so powerful. Like it's just, it's such a fucking great scene and, and she's so good in it. So I just wanted to also shout her out cause she was great for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, very talented being able to to play so many uh, different faces of the same person, and like how you know being that that character that you really feel for, and then being that character that's genuinely weird and twisted and yeah. like frightening, and uh, yeah. I think time. like when the movie starts, and it's like one of the first shots of the movie is just like it's. I think it's happening like in a mirror, and you just see the three of them on a couch singing karaoke together. 
as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, fuck, we're in for a ride. Like, something's going to happen and this movie is going to be like, something about this movie is telling me that we're in for like a really rough emotional ride here. And we were. As it turns out, they did a great Good establishing call, shot. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there any more you guys want to say about this before we head out? Um, I mean, I, I, we, I, without getting into like, you know, super specific spoilers and stuff, I just, no, I'm, I'm just was so happy to have seen it. I can't wait to watch it again. And I hope other people will give it a shot, especially like you mentioned earlier, you know, don't go in as blind as you possibly can. I think that's the mm-hmm. way to do it. Yeah. So. But I, I, this is a weird one because I don't know if I could recommend it to everyone, despite the fact that we're just here gushing about it. And it is, it's great in all the ways that we're like that it is. I don't know if I would uh, say, Hey mom, you got to watch this movie. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, I, I, like I was trying to get across when we were talking about Swiss army man earlier. Yeah. Like I, I think like, you know the the old cliche swiss army man crawled so that everything ever all once could walk and i do think this is a more it's it's a much more uh audience like friendly movie than swiss army man and i think Mm -hmm. like max i think you're the perfect example of somebody who didn't like swiss army man who likes this Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. but even perfect even that still i do think it is sort of inaccessible to a certain type of movie watcher. Like I think it is, it's still like has a barrier of being too weird for some people Mm -hmm. that I think like, I think it's a movie that if you could, if like they can kind of get past some of the weird stuff in it, the story of it is, is beautiful. And I think almost everybody could enjoy it, Mm -hmm. but there is just some stuff in filmmaking and in movies that people just cannot get past that. I think it, you're right. I do think it's a hard recommendation for some people but I, the kind I think of people, specifically some people are going to get hung up on those butt plugs and unable to yes to move beyond <laughs> and it. the and the hot dog fingers and yeah i think there's some stuff that's too weird but i do think that the people like the people who i do feel like will like it are going to actually fucking love it mm-hmm. yeah so yeah anyways that'll do it uh thanks for listening we'll see you next time Bye-bye. i